you want something bigger than you, then you want to be able to give somebody the dream that you've built and have people share that dream with others. So I would tell them though, it is hard work. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Color of Money podcast. We have an exciting afternoon for you. We have a dynamic guest, myself, the host, Emmerich Peace, my other host, Daniel Dixon. You have us today. You have the team, uh, the ball team, and we're going to be here. We're going to talk about something really special. And we have our just this exceptionally gifted guest. Marlena McWilliams. Marlena is from Washington, D.C. She is from Capital Properties. And uh, Marlena has a, has a different approach to business. Marlena has a special approach to business because of her, her, her background, her background in, in, in contracting, her background in engagement. Just she brings her public side of business to the private side of business and she's used that to grow a phenomenal team. And I'm just excited because her growth is just something that it's just not normal. But I guess her and Daniel both are pretty special because they've managed to grow pretty large teams pretty quickly. And I'm just going to stop talking. I just want Marlena to just give us that quick overview of what makes you so special, Marlena, because I've heard your story. I understand where you come from. And I just love it when you say it because you say it with such impact. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, uh, Merrick there. Well, I think one of the things that makes me special is my name, right? Not too many people are named Marlena. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I definitely think that. And uh, two, um, I think just having that foresight and that mother that put me in those programs early on young to help me get those internships very early, um, which led me to wanting to experience and learn more about my degree in finance and economics and then working for the government and government contracting for Lockheed Martin um, for about 11, 12 years, um, rising to the top tier as the senior cost estimator for the whole corporation, being able to travel with them to the UK and Australia, experiencing all those different things. Um, and then getting out and kind of dabbling in analysis of alternatives and parametric estimating. Along that way, I fell in love with real estate because I realized that was the true uh, generational wealth gap that we all needed to tap into. And I loved helping people find their homes and build that generational wealth brick by brick. And so got involved in real estate and started helping clients and then decided that I wanted something bigger than just myself. So we started our team, Miscotti and Company, here at Keller Williams Capital Properties. And we're just excited to be growing um, with five agents, number 82 out of the top 250 in the area. Uh, so I think that's an accomplishment. I always uh, get you know, good reviews from other realtors and my team is uh, growing. Firestar Zillow rated and we stay on top of our game of just providing service and having that servant leader heart for all of our clients and treating everybody like family. So that's our in a nutshell. Yeah. And, you know, the thing I like about that, Marlena, is that so many times in this industry, agents come to this this industry and they, they talk about business and they run the business kind of sort of like a business they run the business really like a hobby and in that space of running the business like a hobby they do a certain amount of business and then they just cap off right the beautiful part about what you've done is you've run you've brought the private sector into your business and then bringing the private sector like your business 
actually your real estate business runs like like Lockheed. No, but when I say runs like Lockheed, there's a structure. There's a there's a there's an established structure and hierarchy, which makes it so that your team can transcend from market to market. So tell us a little bit about right now how your team is dealing with this transitional market. Yeah. So um, number one, um, from Gary Keller, we always want to find the motivated, right? So keeping ourselves motivated and then finding the motivated individuals. And I think right now in the industry too, I've always told my team, we are the professional advisors of all things real estate. So anything you go to, a doctor, a lawyer, right? They're, They're professionals that you go to. And so we need to treat and act that certain way. And as we're transitioning for, you know, low inventory, higher interest rates than what people have normally seen in their lives. Um, And then, of course, with, you know, the legal issues that's going on with the industry, we need to focus on service and letting people know what our service is and understanding that it's not commission anymore. It's a fee. Right. We're professionals. So we're working on that wording, um, explaining that service finding the people that are motivated and making sure that the consumer knows that we're still stewards of them and that we're an extension of them and that we want to take care of them uh, during this transition and help them edu- be educated on the market and what's really important for them. So that's what we're focused on on our team is making sure that we're having those kind of dialogues with our customers, making sure they understand the dynamics that are not just getting all of the news because uh, we know the news feeds off of kind of some of the bad news and not necessarily good news. And then also re-educating people on rates, low inventory, and what that means and what our service is and why they want our services. And I think if we all do that, we will come back out as better realtors as well as better for our consumers overall. So I think that's a that's a really good that's a really good point in understanding that we are a service-based industry. Let's get away from commission, let's understand that we're professionals, we get paid a fee, and just changing our mindset around all the noise and all the chaos. We're an industry that's built around the sky falling. Stuart Little, little bit of news, too much inventory, too little inventory, rates are too low, rates are too high, too many agents, all the things. It's always something that we're crazy about or complaining about. But I think this gives us an opportunity to really relaunch our value to consumers. And I love your perspective on that because we're we're in a value-based industry. And the more value that we can provide for people, the more that we can justify what we're paid. Because some think that we're overpaid, some think oftentimes we're underpaid. All right. And people don't realize all the, you know, the many tasks that we have to do to keep a deal intact. And I think that was one of the most humbling things leaving, you know, government contracting coming into this industry is that it was very almost rigid, right? You could you could control certain things and you knew certain things went in their boxes. Here you have home inspectors, appraisers, lenders, the other agent, the seller or the buyer, depending on what sign, sometimes parents and people's, you know, uh, boards that they listen to and their sounding boards. And you have all these people that you do not have control over, um, but you are still looked at as the captain to steer this ship uh, to the closing table, regardless of what side you're on. And so that's why I think, you know, we have to focus on that and realize that, be humbled in that, but then focus on the service and letting people know that we're dealing with all these things and all we can do is eliminate as many excuses as we can and continue to drive forward uh, their ship to wherever their destination is. Um, so that's what I like to talk to people about. And I, I agree with you, Daniel, that, you know, the market, I, I'm in finance, so people always talk about markets. So that didn't bother me because markets go up and down. We know that's what they're supposed to do. And so real estate has a market too. And as long as we follow the market and stick through the fundamentals, we'll make it through any market that there is. 
Yeah. And so one of the things like you, you talked, you said a couple of things. You, you talked about dialogue, which means it is communication back and forth. Then you talked about stewardship, which means taking ownership of the business or end of it. Then you said the one that got me where you, where you said fee, changing the conversation from commission to fee. I thought that was powerful. And so when you talk about dialogue, stewardship and fees and you talk about your team, right? How did you grow your team to have that to, to start create that creating that culture within the group so that they believe what you believe and they espouse what you believe? Um, so first thing, uh, to be honest, when we started to change it was we, we had a meeting and we said, hey, guys, the industry's changing. Let's let's put our cards on the table and let's talk about it. And everybody got to talk about it. We actually opened a little champagne and had a little champagne with it because <laughs> I like to have fun. You know, I'm okay. And um, I like co-creating with my team. So if they have an idea, something we want to do, we can co-create and come together and do it. So we talked about it and I said, you know, what are some of my sayings? And they joke with me. One of them is fortunate in the follow up and. Of course, we're professional advisors of all things real estate. So I said, yeah, we're focusing on this one today. And then we started talking about it. And I said, we want to be in this market. And if we want to grow into luxury markets, if we want to grow into these other markets, we have to start to look and feel the way we say we're going to be um, and who we're representing. And so we started having that conversation. Um, then we came up with a script. They actually recorded me. We role played on it. We had, I had them write out on their own what they wanted to do and how they would sell their service in an elevator pitch uh, to somebody they meet. And then we're going to keep going over that as a team, collectively growing together. I played a lot of sports, right? So we're only strongest as our weakest players. So we need everybody saying the same thing and doing the same thing. And so that is our path to getting there and changing the way we review ourselves, as well as changing the way we communicate and dialogue with our customers uh, so that we have it embedded in our mind, just like any other script, it is not something you memorize verbatim, but you're ready to pull it out whenever it's needed. Um, so first is mindset, walking, believing it. I had to change that as the leader. Then two, communicating that and getting them to buy into that. And then three, helping them practice and believe in it by helping them realize it and how they want to say it for their individual selves. I love the leadership and how you're communicating. Tell us a little bit about your team. What's the size? What's your, what's your sales number, production, all yeah. of those things? How'd you get oh. here? Um, we're a five-person team um, with uh, three back, well, two back office now, and we are operating in D.C., Maryland, Virginia. We got there first, like me, of course, <laughs> but I didn't want the brand name to be about me, so we named it after my grandmother, uh, which her maiden name is Biscotti. Um, she's originally from Colorado, where, where Daniel is, yeah. um, and she's a native from there, and so we named it after her, and it was near and dear to my heart. Because my grandmother always believed treat everybody like family. She was one of those grandmas. She's cooking. Everybody's coming to eat. Um, and she's letting everybody in the house. And we're all family. So that's our stewardship is, you know, treat everybody like family, educate, provide value and repeat and try to make real estate as fun as we possibly can. Because my grandmother was a lot of fun. Um, and then we found Muscati um, comes from the word Muscat, uh, which then in Europe means of luck of anything to your house. So our slogan is your household lucky charm. And so then I started interviewing agents um, and growing them that I felt more importantly fit the culture, right? I want people that are hard workers. I call them the three H's. So humble, hustlers, and um, hungry. So they need to be hungry. 
They need to be very humble. We can grow to many things, but always recognize where it comes from and be grateful. And then number three, uh, be ready to work. Um, so attracting agents that had that in them and then start growing. And so now we're starting to find our grooves as a newer team. We have an agent that, you know, she's really great at programs and she's always putting out programs. And we have another agent. He's really great at new development. So I had him make a list of new developments. I'm like, you're the new development queen. You know what's going on. Keep us abreast. So we're starting to find our roles um, within the team and how we all can contribute collectively together. So I'm really proud of us as we're growing and they're all learning and they're all willing to put in the work. And so we're going to continue to do that and continue to find the right players that fit the culture of what we want to provide out to the consumer base. Yeah. I, and I like that because I'm, I'm taking notes just to, just so that you know, I'm like, okay. And it speaks to where you are in what, why you're having the successes that you're having. When you talk about co-creating, when you talk about professional advisor, I've heard that twice from you, professional advisor, professional feed. Um, and, and you're growing this team based on the idea that they're the professional and they're the steward of goodwill, the relationship and the business. That's beautiful. Now, here's one thing that I, I want to ask you about. Um, you said something and, and I put it in my words. I, and what I heard you Be say careful. is. When Emmer puts stuff in his words, sometimes it goes left. So correct him if he's off, Marlena. Daniel, I don't ignore that. He's like, I'm about to punch you, but get ready. No, no, no. This, 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 uh, and I say this all the time. Does your audio match your video? So, no, that is one thing we are working on. We just switched platforms and we're transforming our image. All our agents have agent videos. Uh, we took some group photos. So we are working on that, um, particularly right now with the new platform of relaunching our, our new success and who we are and what it means and what our platform will look like currently. So first, you know, as I said, we built it inside and now we're exposing the outside. Um, and so all of our media will look like that. Yes. Um, come January 1. So. OK, so and you see, you took that. You took my comment. Literally, you took video. Literally, <laughs> when I said, does your audio match your video? Are you? Are you walking the way that you're talking? That's what I meant when I said, is your audio match your video? Because some things I heard you say, you know, a lot of times this business, we always talk about, I'm a professional, I'm this, I'm that, I'm that. And then what I heard you say is, what I was hearing you say is that, are we doing what we said we are going to do? Are we right. backing up our talk with action? Yeah. So yes, we are. Actually, I can, I can emphatically say we are. All my agents... They're always checking in just, for example, to make sure that, hey, I'm not sure on this. And then if I don't know, I go check with somebody. So, yes, we have our checkpoints. We are trying to be that representation and also make sure that we're checking ourselves um, every day. And so we have those meetings and those discussions on that. OK, this deal went like this. What could we have done differently? Always looking at ourselves and how we could grow and also asking for feedback from our consumers because they know what their experience was. So, yes, we are trying to check ourselves as much as we can mentally within each other with accountability partners, right? Accountability equals love. Um, so we have those on the team We're checking ourselves. They check themselves with me. I check back with them like, hey, guys, I did this. What do you think? So I do think we have that 360 check amongst each right. other. And then I do think we do ask feedback and surveys from our clients on what their experience was. So I think as much as we humanly possibly can, if you have any ideas on that, we'd be welcome to it. But we're doing those things that we've come up with thus far. 
I love how you were talking. You said earlier, Emmerich, that she's t- taking private business and bring it into this industry. Right. You don't speak like a real estate agent. You speak like a no. corporate executive. No, no, <laughs> and, no. <laughs> and looking at your background, looking at your background as a senior analyst at Lockheed, you said you have you have military language. Right. And it's because of the ways that it's because of how you how you came up. And I think it's fascinating when you take people like that and bring them into our industry. It's about KPIs. It's about making sure that we understand what the mission is with our clients. It's about running good businesses, it's about leading with revenue. And these are just the fundamental things that just how you grew up and what your background being in finance and working with Lockheed. Walk me through a little bit. How do you, being an analyst and, and being in finance, how do, as you're wanting to grow a team, as you're, you're making money in real estate, as things are shifting and whatnot, how do you not overanalyze? Where are your checkpoints on being yeah, yeah, like not really. taking it all, like getting all the way in the exactly, weeds? Exactly, exactly. And now, because you know, Danny, that's one of those things that a lot. Of, sometimes people get into analysis paralysis. They too busy yeah. and analyzing, and they can't move. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm I, interested I, in that. Because I'm gonna tell you this. Well, I'm gonna tell My you this. Coach when, gets me out. I have all the time. Okay, because <laughs> when when you start saying your background, I'm just gonna tell you. I said. How does a bean counter make this work? And that's <laughs> that's what I thought. So I'm I'm interested. So we want to know. Because I'm a fun bean counter. I'm flipping the beans. <laughs> oh, <the> beans. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I have. I do get an analysis paralysis. I have a coach, which I think all everybody should have somebody you know bigger than them that's advising them. And they do help pull me out of the weeds, right? Um, so very good at the numbers, very good at looking at the numbers, but learning that it's not all, and I'm a, I'm a heavy D, right? I'm very, I'm a more of aggressive personality um, and military and Lockheed Martin help contribute to that. And so I would definitely say learning to understand the intrinsic values of things has been a lesson learned for me. And I'm still learning that and growing in that way. Uh, but the more I pull myself out and the more, I'm giving leverage to people. I'm just inspecting what I expect and I'm allowing the reins to be left loose, trusting my people, trusting I hired the right people. It's kind of like a parent, right? Your parents like, you do that. And you kind of say, didn't you raise me right though? And then they, you know, they get mad. (laughs) (laughs) You raised me. Um, So learning to, I got to trust my people to do the right things, that they are taking the things and then pulling myself out and just seeing it as a whole picture and not just dollars and cents. That was a struggle for me in my first few years. I, I cannot lie. <laughs> it was one of the reasons why I didn't want to make my first hire or anything. Because I was like, why? <laughs> and, and I love that. I love that. And that's one of that's what's so exciting about people like yourself and Daniel coming into this industry. Because when you bring a skill set from a different business, and then you come into this business and you practically apply your outside external knowledge to this business coupled with the way that this business operates and your individual style. What I'm beginning to see, particularly in your age demographic, um, explosive businesses, explosive businesses. And that's refreshing because it's understood that you're not in this business to be in this business. You're in this business to create a business which is a different conversation. You're not just you're in, you're not in this business to create another job. You're in, this cre- you're in this business to create an empire. That's the difference. That's the difference that I absolutely love. Now, with that being in mind, we got to, we have to talk money. Um, okay. 
Because I, I know they, huh, you got excited when I said talk money. <laughs> there goes the big counterpart. World domination yeah. one day, Emmerich. World right. domination. <laughs> and so we get we we absolutely have to start talking about investing, like whether it be investing back into your business, investing outside of your business. What are you doing to grow uh, your business from an investment perspective? And then outside of your individual business, what are you doing? You know, from a growth perspective. So inside the business, I'm definitely reinvesting, of course, marketing dollars to stay top of mind of clients coming up with our, our touches. Also, we have sister companies. Um, so part of my story that I did not mention is doing general contracting and flipping homes. Um, so, But we also offer that as a small service sometimes to clients that need renovation or repair for sellers. And then we also started a property management company because I realized that with the low interest rates, people were going to want to keep their homes and they're not necessarily good managers and they don't necessarily want to be. Um, And they have the equity and the money in the home where they're going to make enough residual where they would pay for a property manager. And so we're already doing very well with our property management, not even really touching our database, just casually letting people know we're up to 25 doors and our goal is to get to 100. And easily, once we start marketing to our da- database, we can I can see a path towards that. So I'm taking all my four or five money-making areas. I'm writing where I want it to go. And then I'm writing the activities on it. And then uh, establishing that budget. Again, my, anal- my <laughs> analysis part comes in for what that budget is going to go to to help us get there. Um, one of the programs, one of my agents came up with, she used to be a teacher. I fully jumped in with her co-creating. And it's working. Um, we do uh, teacher lunches and we take lunch to schools for teachers. And then we develop a follow-up system, which she's on right now. We pop back up, we volunteer, we become part of the community and we're helping educators who help our children. So these are things that we we develop programs around things we want to do that we think are going to help not only the community, but then also help our business and help further our brand and name. Uh, so that's our reinvestment part outside of the business are the two ancillary businesses, but then I also have my own investments that I own. So four-unit building, some land I'm building, a couple flips I'm in right now, of course, and then I have two houses and a condo of my own. So making those outside real estate investments. I still always believe in being diversified, so I still invest in stocks, and I still have a SEP IRA, and I think realtors should think of those things and make sure they're putting them. And that's the goal once my team reaches certain echelons. I'm going to make sure that they have those right tools and things so they can start putting their money away as well. So it's all about circling back. And then on the team, everybody already knows once, you know, everybody feels comfortable, we're going to start investing together on buying together and making those uh, things together. So everybody's going to put it into a fund. We've already discussed it. Everybody's in and we're just waiting for everybody to hit their echelon that we feel is comfortable. And then we're all going to buy together because collectively uh, something of, African-American culture is not doing things together and we need to get out of that and we need to do it more. And especially within our own businesses, why not? So that's one of the reasons why it's Keller Williams is great, right? Proper sharing, sharing with the agents, um, things like that. And we can create that inside our many teams within the brokerages. Ooh, I like that. And so when you start talking about investing with the team back into the team, that I get, I would imagine that pro, that's starting to provide a certain sticky to staying with the team. Of course. <laughs> um, so, but most people, I think, if you focus on the culture, they like where they work, 
and they feel they're making you know decent of money and they feel that they can grow and they see themselves growing, their people will stay. So I just worry about focusing on that is making sure that my agents, as they continue, letting them know where they're at, letting them know where they need to be, and then we can have these conversations. I'm always open to partnerships and acquisitions. That's one of the things I definitely learned at Lockheed Martin. Uh, Lockheed Martin did not get there by themselves, right? They were actually two individual companies, Lockheed and Martin, and then they joined and then they keep buying and doing things. So I think we have to think of agents having their individual things under our umbrella as well. And that's how I view it. And once my agents start to rise to that, we will definitely have those conversations and keep the culture the same, focus on them being happy and what they need and their path forward. And I think you know, there'll always be some attrition, but I think at the most part, people stay. And that's one of the things my broker told me, most of the people on my team, uh, they particularly stay with me. I haven't had that much let go, except people that just didn't fit that culture, that it wasn't a good fit for them and it wasn't a good fit for us. So, and, and uh, we, we're closing down some. I want to I wanna touch that one really quick. You said the culture, people who don't stay and people who aren't a good fit. How do you identify someone who's not a good fit? Yeah, so that's that was a lesson learned that I had to learn too there, Emmerich. <laughs> you asked the good questions. Um, but now I can kind of pick it. We um, we like to have fun on our team, but we do work hard. And so, again, those three H's, I'm looking for that. And then I also bring it in. So they, they do a phone interview with me. Then they do an in-person interview with me. And then my team gets to meet them. And they, their vote matters. So they get to come and meet the team, and the team meets them. They're involved in the process because this is somebody that we're, again, going to be working with and doing community service with, going out with, you know, spending a lot of time with, leading on if you need help. And so I want the team to be involved. The team is involved in that choice and has a vote. And then we talk about it and we make a decision and then we either extend or not extend. And I wouldn't know what the culture is if I don't involve my team. So my team has to meet them and, and want them on the team as well because they're the culture with me. So the people make the culture. Okay. I like that. I want to get some feedback from Daniel on this one because Daniel, we we've had this conversation for like 34 minutes now and in closing up, what are your thoughts and how do you parallel running your team with the way Marlene is talking about running her team and how can others glean from what this all represents from a, from a big team perspective? Well, I think, I think it's a lot of the same, it's a lot of the same stuff. It's a lot of, the avatars, a lot of the culture, it's a lot of the persons, a lot of the, we want, we want grit, we want grind, we want um, adversity they've, they've seen in their life at some point. We're looking for that person for the avatar. Now, I think what happens, everybody doesn't have to go build a big team. You can run a smaller team at a really, really, really high level and really pour back into your people. I think there's a lot of people over the last few years specifically that decided to go big and hire a lot of individuals in the absence of true value. And being able to build your individuals, build your agents, build their finances, help build their wealth, and so on. So I think we're saying the same thing. I, th- I want the listeners just to understand, go build what you want to build. We have, I think we have 28 agent partners now. And it's it's like herding cats at times. If it wasn't for my coach saying, Daniel, strength in numbers, you've already built it, keep leaning into it. I would want to shrink down to, to, to six or eight people because it's easier to manage. You can create better relationships. But Pick, pick what you want to build or what you want to build for the next 12 months or 24 months and lean into it and get off the fence of, I could do this. I want to do this. I want to get out of production, but I'm still taking every listing. You've got to, you've got to make a decision and step into that lane on what that decision is. And then 
see where the pieces lie and then be be okay and give yourself grace to pivot. And that's beautiful. So Marlena, closing out, what if you had to say something about building a team, right? Culture, co-creating, whatever. What would you tell our audience uh, is a key ingredient to building a successful team? Oh, thank for uh, the faint. <laughs> um, no, uh, <laughs> I would say your why has to be definitely bigger than you okay. because you have to give in and pour in, as Daniel said, you know, and want to hurdle those cats, want to pour into people, whether you get big or small, if it's even if it's not Daniel doing it, because I see some of the bigger team, he has somebody that is doing it. <laughs> it's just somebody's job. So I would say you want something bigger than you and you want to be able to give somebody the dream that you've built and have people share that dream with others. So I would tell them, though, it is hard work and you do have a lot of self-evaluation that you have to go through and how you lead and manage. It's constant self-evaluation. Cool. I like that. Daniel, what's your closing thought? I just I love the I love the authenticity. Like I've known Marlena for 40 minutes and I can see that she just is who she is. And you surround (laughs) yourself with people who believe in you and you're not putting on it. There's so much fakeness and there's so much um, phoniness in our industry that when you see the authentic ones that just tell it like it is and they're just straightforward, it's just easy to live in your own skin. And I love meeting people like that. Um, I love people that are building big businesses with that with that sense of authenticity as well. So um, I appreciate this conversation. I love, I love meeting people that didn't grow up in the industry that are taking something different from a different background and bringing it in because you see it different. This isn't just about numbers and growing a business and GCI and everything else. It's really trying to, trying to deliver value, not only to your clients, clients first, but the now as you're growing and as you're transitioning, it's bringing that value to your agent partners who are then going to convey that value to their, uh, to their clients. So I love it. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, and, I am and, really am who I am. I'm a, my slack, my tagline, just so you know, Daniel is a pit bull in a skirt. So. <laughs> there you go. I'm pretty, but I can fight. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And I love it, Marlena. You know, when you talk about being humble, a humble, hungry hustler, who co-creates in an envi- in a professional envi- in a professional environment, who strives to have her team's audio and video match, and is a true steward of their business, and they truly believe that they are the professional in this business. Uh, thank you so much, and uh, thank we you. just want you to keep growing in a collaborative way with your team. I'm super excited, Daniel. Super excited. And uh, we're just happy to have you here. We appreciate you being here at the Color of Money podcast. This closes us out for today. Uh, Marlena, is there anything else you want to leave? So what if somebody wants to call you? Because we don't. How do they call you? How do they reach you, Marlena? (laughs) Uh, Easy. Um, You guys can follow me at Muscati Co. or Marlena the Realtor on Instagram or www.muscati.com. And then my phone number is on the website, but it's also 303-263-9739. I still haven't changed. Still got that Denver area code. I love it. I love it. (laughs) I don't left from Denver to Alabama to D.C. and it's still the same. (laughs) I I love it. I love it. So thank you so much, Marlena. We really appreciate you being here with us on the Color of Money podcast. Thank you to our listeners and viewers. That closes us out for today. Thank you, Daniel. Gracious host, as always. 
And you know what? I'm just excited that um, Julia trusted us by ourselves today. And I think we did a good job. Did we do a good job by ourselves today, Marlene? You guys did fantastic. And I'm so uh, okay. thankful for being on this podcast with you two gentlemen. It was amazing. Yes, All right. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Follow the Color of Money podcast today and get notified when new episodes are released weekly. Be part of this transformative listening experience. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. The views, thoughts, and opinions of the guest represent those of the guest and not KWRI and its affiliates and should not be construed as financial, economic, legal, tax, or other advice. This podcast is provided without any warranty or guarantee of its accuracy, completeness, timeliness, or results from using the information. 